Watership Down podcast is intended for listeners who are familiar with the plot. There will be spoilers. This episode is scripted, recorded, edited and narrated by Newell Fisher. This week's featured image is by Nina Pokojewski. Hello and welcome to the Watership Down podcast episode 134 in which we will be looking at Season 1, Episode 12 of the TV series, and Episode 12 of the series overall, Friend and Enemy. Having closed the appeal for the Rabbit Welfare Association and Fund, the listeners to this podcast have received a certificate of thanks from Roz, the fundraising officer at the Fund, who says such donations make a real difference to such a small charity. Roz also added this important message, quote, Companionship is really important for rabbits, as with the wild rabbits in their, in their warren, pet rabbits are also highly social and they value the company of their own species enormously. One study in 2008 found that given the choice between giving, joining their companions or going to eat their food, their choices were equally divided, from which we can conclude that they value that company as much as they value food. So pet rabbits should not be kept singly. They need to be neutered, of course, for many reasons, but mostly because they will breed like rabbits, and there simply aren't enough good homes to accommodate that. Then they should be paired up with at least one other compatible neutered rabbit. End quote. Thank you, Ros, and keep up the good work. There'll be a link to the charity, as ever, in the notes. I'm still showcasing Watership Down themed art. Again, details in the notes. Please let me know if you would like your Watership Down themed art to appear as the podcast title image for an episode, with full credit given. This week's featured image is by Nina Pokowski and was created especially for this episode, which is fantastic. Nina says, quote, It was my favourite episode as a child, since I loved Hazel and Campion in this series, and in episode 12 we witness how Hazel sneakily and kindly shows Campion that Woundwart's Way really is not the right one, and that there is a free life outside of Ephrafa. I loved how the two enemies have to work together to survive, and when they make it outside, maybe aren't even enemies anymore. My love for Watership Down started with this series, then came the film and the book, so in my heart the series will always have a special place, but I'd like to hear your more mature view on it and understand it might be difficult to deal with the differences and even errors the series has in comparison to the book, but it made me fall in love with it, and I think especially the funny new additions to the storyline turned the severe content into an actually nice-to-watch programme for kids, unlike the film, which might be closer to the book, but hence is much more bloody. Thank you again so much for still sticking to the podcast format. I honestly enjoy every episode. Greetings from Germany, Nina Pokowski. End quote. Thank you so much, Nina. It's great to hear such appreciation for my covering the TV series, and thank you for your specially created image, which captures the spirit of this episode very well. Interestingly, the age profile of the listenership to this podcast has changed a bit since I started on the TV series, becoming a bit younger, which kind of makes sense. Sadly, this is partly accounted for, it seems, by a drop-off in older listeners, but that is perhaps to be expected. At the end of the day, this series forms no part, I guess, of the childhoods of people born before the late 80s. I first encountered the series during the first pandemic lockdown and love it as it helps to feed my special interest and, as a grandparent, I am well used to consuming content aimed at a younger audience. At least that's my excuse. But I can completely see why an older fan of the novel and or 1978 film might not be so keen. Anyway, let's look at a good example of two companion rabbits in a completely inappropriate enclosure. Season 1, 
Episode 12 Friend and Enemy The twelfth episode of the Watership Down TV series was first broadcast in the UK on the 14th of December 1999. It was written by Anna Bork. There will be a link to the full episode on YouTube in the notes. As the episode opens, Bigwig, Fiverr, Dandelion and Hawkbit are enjoying a calm, peaceful sylph lay on a lovely day near Watership Down. Dandelion comments on how nice this day is, before Hawkbit ruins it by pointing out he has sensed an Ephraphan patrol nearby. As they all take cover, the patrol passes close by, actually between them and their warren. Campion, consulting one of his Owsler, is interrupted by Vervain bullying another member of the patrol who is trying to rest. Campion points out that he is exhausted, but Vervain is not interested. Campion gently encourages the tired rabbit once Vervain has moved forward. His innate decency is obvious in contrast to Vervain's cowardly brutality. The rabbits of Watership Down look on from hiding and make a break for the down once the patrol has passed at Bigwig's command. In the honeycomb, there is general agreement that the Afrafan patrols are getting closer. If the wind had shifted, they would have been caught. Bigwig says something has to be done. Hazel agrees that direct action is needed, to everyone's delight. This cannot be direct action against Ephrafa, as they are still far stronger, though Fiverr points out that the Ephrafan Alzer is not at its best. They are obviously being overworked due to Runewalt's obsession with finding the outsiders and Bigwig. Hazel's idea is to learn from Elorar and use trickery to lay false trails for the Ephrafans, leading them away from Watership Down. This, I guess, is the side of any conflict that doesn't appeal to those like Bigwig, who prefer action, but he seems to appreciate that it is necessary. There follows a brief light-hearted sequence during which they deliberately trample leaves and scramble up false trails, at the end of which Fiverr is apologetic to a turtle. Random. They end their day's work by the river as a frog catches a fly nearby with its tongue. Hawkbit hopes the Ephrafans appreciate all their hard work. Immediately we hear Vervain nearby, shouting at another rabbit as usual, because shouting is always the best way to catch an enemy unawares. The rabbits of Watership Down take cover yet again as an Ephrafan emerges and tries to take a drink in the river. Vervain immediately tells him officers drink first, a rule which totally makes sense when there is room for everyone. Campion tells them all to drink, infuriating Vervain, who asks if he enjoys undermining his authority. Campion asks if he enjoys abusing it. We get a small glimpse into Vervain's mindset as he says they need to find some sign of Hazel and his warren soon, or Woundwalt will have them looking forever. Campion takes the high ground by asking Vervain if he is questioning Woundwalt's judgement. He allows himself to look threatening. Campion holds his stare as Vervain says he wouldn't dare. As the rabbits of Warship Down look on, the rock on which Fiverr is sitting gives way, disturbing a beehive. As the bees swarm, Hazel tells them all not to move. The Ephrafans are startled by the swarm, which Vervain admonishes them for as he tells them to gather a flayra. This is seemingly aimed at Campion. Now what exactly would be the point of gathering flayra on a ride patrol fo- focused on searching for a warren? Why not just eat grass? It seems a little like an army commander on patrol ordering their troops to see what restaurants are available nearby. I suspect the term is being misused. As the Afrafans depart, Hazel suggests following them to see what they can overhear. Bigwig approves. Besides, from the look of them, the warship down rabbits could easily outrun them, Hazel adds. After a sequence of following the Afrafans, the warship down rabbits observe them arriving at a place that is unfamiliar. Moving through undergrowth, they see an ornate greenhouse. 
Well, we humans know it is an ornate greenhouse, but to Dandelion it is, quote, like the stories, Prince Rainbow's gleaming warren, end quote. If my memory serves me correctly, this is the first reference to Prince Rainbow on film. This is a wonderful hint at the very many stories of Elachrara that we never got to hear in the original novel, and is one of my favourite lines from this episode. Fiverr detects a faint smell of humans. Just as they are discussing the wisdom of continuing to follow the Afrofans, one of the most climactic moments of the TV series arrives as the shadow of a hawk passes overhead. Again, the rabbits of Watership Down take cover, but the rabbits of Afrofa do not. Moss, the pale furred rabbit whose tracking Campion acknowledged earlier, has become entangled in something human, seemingly some netting between two posts. Vervain takes the practical approach of telling him how stupid he is before the shadow of the hawk passes overhead. The hawk dives at him and misses as he cowers. He runs past Campion and the others, telling them to run for their lives. Campion, all too used to Vervain's cowardice, hesitates. Immediately and shockingly, the hawk dives again, catching Campion in its talons. The concealed rabbits of Watership Down look on in horror as Campion is lifted into the sky. Vervain looks up and smiles with satisfaction. Campion kicks at the hawk desperately, which results in it dropping him. He falls from a great height through the limbs of a tree, landing cut, bruised and unconscious on the ground. The Ephravans are gone. The rabbits of Watership Down approach Campion's unconscious body. Bigwig admires his strength. Hazel says he won't last long in the open. Hawkbit says that is one less enemy to worry about. Fiverr says he is a fellow rabbit. Dandelion smells flayrar inside the greenhouse, to which Hazel suggests getting Campion inside before the hawk returns. Point of order. In the original novel, it seems to have been a convention that no rabbit can move another rabbit who is incapable of moving themselves. Hence, Bigwig could not be moved closer to the peg of the snare, and Fiverr had to be left to the mercy of the invading Afrofans after passing out after his vision that gave Hazel the idea to use the nut-hanger-farmed dog to defeat Woundward. But here it seems that convention does not apply. Hawkbit continues to assert that this is not a rabbit they should be helping. He is out to destroy them. Not today, though, says Hazel. We zoom in on Campion. His body is covered in lacerations. We can see he has a black eye which is open but sees nothing. His breathing is laboured. Fiverr points out to Hawkbit that Kihar became their ally because they helped him. Hawkbit reveals a similar attitude towards goals as that held by Vervain in response to this. The camera zooms in on the semi-conscious Campion as Hawkbit continues that it won't be so easy to turn around an Ephraphan captain. Here he does have a point. The camera zooms in on Campion again as he begins to move. For an animation aimed at children, it is pretty strong stuff, and our first sight of severe bodily trauma. In the next shot, they are all inside the greenhouse. We are spared how they got Campion inside. This is no ordinary greenhouse. Its floor is tiled. The beds either side are raised and contained by concrete walls. The plants look tropical, and we hear the call of a bird that definitely isn't from Britain. Fiverr says it's another world, as Bigwig sniffs the air. Hawkbit and Dandelion try out the flayrar. Apparently it is very good, though I must question the wisdom of rabbits tasting tropical plants blind. Fiverr is worried by the strangeness. Hawkbit says to eat now and worry later. Hazel and Bigwig are tending to the still unconscious Campion. Hazel says they had better all go before dark. He will stay with Campion. There's no point in all of them risking being captured by the patrol. 
Fiverr warns there is something alien, cold and watchful about this place. Hazel says that Campion will soon be able to fend for himself. Obeying his Ra, Captain of Owsler Bigwig tells his fellow Owsler to leave, warning Hazel to watch himself. We are back at Ephrafa. Vervain is reporting to Woundwort that Campion drove the patrol beyond their limits. It's no wonder the hawk chose them as easy prey. Vervain says he did his best. Woundwort, for all his faults, and there are many, seems sceptical. Vervain's patrol has produced no intelligence, no flayrar, and the loss of his best captain of Alsler. Vervain's best doesn't seem very good, does it? He asks him if he will be back there by dawn, and asks him if he will do better this time. Vervain says yes to both, seemingly relieved. In the greenhouse, night has fallen. Hazel sleeps next to Campion on the tiled floor. He is awoken by a parrot. Looking up, he sees two of them sitting on a branch above him, one green-headed and one pink-headed. One of them tells him this is a bad place to be at night. He tries, tries being polite, but these are parrots with an agenda. The green-headed parrot informs Hazel that night-time is bad enough where they are. The pink-headed parrot adds with relish that night-times are very bad down there. Hazel asks why, what is down there? Just then he sees a man enter the greenhouse humming a tune. Hazel grabs Campion by the scruff and drags him under some overhanging leaves. The man pours out some feed into a bowl, then leaves, closing the door behind him. So why was it open in the first place? It can't have been to cool down the greenhouse, as they have roof vents for that. I'm being literal again, aren't I? As Hazel realises they are now trapped, the sadistic parrots, as I will call them, land on the feed bowl and resume their taunting. The man apparently will not like them being there. They should have left while they could. They will need to hide good now. From what? asks Hazel. From the slither thing, apparently. We learn that she hides quietly, then kills anything that lives on the ground. The parrots tell Hazel he'll see, and they will watch him see. They laugh as they fly back up into the foliage. These are obviously parrots who would have enjoyed the Colosseum in ancient Rome. Oh, hold on. No, they wouldn't, because they would probably have been sold as snacks. Just a thought. Hazel rejoins Campion and begs him to wake up. He suddenly feels very lonely. In the honeycomb, the, returning, the returned expedition fill Primrose in on what has happened. Bigwig asks her if she still has a soft spot for Campion. She replies that he saved her life. He seemed to be the only decent rabbit there. Blackavar seems to be absent, so he misses this potential insult. Back at the greenhouse, the parrots are having a little flyabout in the limited space available to them. The foliage rustles, and then we see it. Part of the body of a snake moving along the earth of one of the raised beds. The parrots land on a branch for some more taunting. The pink-headed one says the rabbit should fly up there to join them. Hazel really shouldn't indulge these idiots, but he does by saying he can't fly. The green-headed parrot laughs and says he should try flapping his ears. Their accents are what can be best described as generic foreign, possibly intended to hint at South America in the same way that as Kihar's accent in this series hints at Eastern Europe. At this point, Campion comes round at last. His first sight, to his surprise, is his enemy, Hazel, who informs him that his patrol left him for dead. Campion already knows that this will have been down to Vervain, who he calls solid as a marsh. He sarcastically asks Hazel if he just happened to be there to save him. 
he wonders out loud whether this means his warren is close by. Hazel suggests dropping the war games. They are stuck together in this place with something that the parrots call a slither thing. Campion says that doesn't sound good and suggests a truce until they can get out. Hazel agrees and tells him to rest. He will keep watch. There is more rustling in the undergrowth. After some time, Hazel drops some leaves by Campion and tells him he needs to eat. Campion has been wondering why Hazel would risk his life for an enemy. Hazel does not engage in that conversation. Campion asks if Primrose is well. Hazel says yes, and she is happy. He adds that she says Campion doesn't belong with Woundwort, that he is better than the rest. Campion says he is no worse. Hazel goes for it. He says Campion can't like the way Woundwort rules, to which Campion replies they are getting along and not to spoil it, but Hazel presses the point. He says Woundwort is leading Ephrafa down a dark trail and Campion knows it. Music plays in the background. This is an important moment. Campion says Woundwort wasn't always like this. Hazel replies that blind loyalty is a fool's choice. Campion sits up, almost rears. He says assertively that before Woundwort came, Ephrafa was starving and falling apart. Woundwort made Ephrafa great again. That phrase sounds familiar. He adds that no one else could have saved them. Hazel says that may be true, but who is now going to save Ephrafa from Woundwort? Their conversation is interrupted by more rustling nearby. Hazel alerts Campion. Cut to Fiverr back on Watership Down. He cries out. Bigwig asks him what's the matter. He says he has had a bad dream. What he dreamt cannot be real. Cut to the greenhouse. We now see the head of the snake as it slithers down a tree. It sees Hazel and Campion and we see them reflected in its eye. As the snake approaches them, Hazel asks Campion if he can run. He replies that Elorar couldn't catch him. As the snake lunges, they bolt either side of it into the undergrowth. They come out at one of the glass panels of the greenhouse, which Hazel collides with. Campion asks what the snake was. The sadistic parrots reply, laughing. It is the slither thing. It can taste their heat and it will get them. Hazel advises them to shut their beaks, which leads to a joint consultation as to whether they ever do that. Apparently not. While this comedy routine continues, Hazel asks Campion if he has any ideas of how to get out. Campion says he doesn't know why Hazel dragged him in there in the first place. Hazel replies that it seemed clever at the time. He notices a patch of broken tiles with earth showing underneath. On Watership Down, the returned patrol are outside again. Fiverr says he saw a monster in his dream, something from another world. Hazel and Campion don't stand a chance. Hawkbit, true to form, wonders if it will turn tail and run if it sees them. Bigwig says it will if it knows what's good for it. Under a full moon, or Fuenle as you might say, they set off for the greenhouse. Kiha follows. Back in the greenhouse, Hazel is attempting to dig their way out at the patch of broken tiles, but the foundations of the greenhouse go down too far. Campion keeps watch. There is a rustling in the undergrowth. Campion's skills come to the fore as he tells Hazel the snake is close. Suddenly, it springs into the open directly towards Hazel, who leaps away, but the snake follows him and rears up. Campion knocks Hazel out of the way just in time, but the snake continues to pursue them. The parrots look on, fascinated, taking off a new purchase in, purchase in order to get the best view. They can't get a show like this very often. It is early morning, and the Afrafan patrol is making its way back to the greenhouse. 
Vervain, with mock nonchalance, asks Moss, the pale rabbit whose tracking skills Campion clearly respects, if the hawk is likely to be around at this time of day. Moss says no. Vervain proposes a quick look around the search area, then grabs some flavour after a wound water and get back. Moss comments that Campion would insist on a thorough search and finds himself being reminded by an angry Vervain that he is gone. Moss is clearly sad about that. Overhead, Kihar spots the Afrafans and reports to the Watership Down patrol. Hawkbit complains about Afrafans and monsters this early in the day. In the greenhouse, Campion is exhausted. They have spent the night evading the snake and its in his injuries have got to him. The parrots are impressed. They think the furry long ears are very smart for furry things and have clearly enjoyed the show. Hazel's mind kicks into gear as he comments that they still aren't as clever as the parrots. He bets they know a way out. They do. In fact, they got out once, but it was too cold. The slither thing also hates the cold, apparently. Campion realises what Hazel is doing. He taunts the parrots that he doesn't believe they ever got out. So they prove him wrong. At the other end of the greenhouse is a hole in the glass at ground level stuffed with cloth. Somehow the two rabbits missed this. Hazel tugs at it. The cloth is, cloth is packed very tight. The watership down patrol has reached the greenhouse and is looking inside. No sign of Hazel or Campion, or a monster. Bigwig says they will circle it. They quickly encounter Hazel and Campion pulling at the cloth plug. Hazel shouts at them to help, but it is too late. Fiverr sees the snake coming at them. Hazel says he will lead the snake off and circle back. He knows Campion, his enemy, is at the end of his tether. Leaping past the snake very close, he leads it away. Campion gets back to the cloth plug. The Ephraphans have arrived at the other end of the greenhouse. Vervain peers inside and sees a rabbit leap across the floor. A rabbit that looked like Hazel. Point of order. The greenhouse clearly has two long raised beds with one central aisle. Vervain should also be able to see the warship down rabbits at the other end. Anyway, with a last tug, Bigwig unplugs the hole and tells Campion to get out. But Campion says not without Hazel. It is a key moment in this series. Instantly, Hazel emerges at a run. Campion leaves the greenhouse rapidly followed by Hazel and the snake, which rapidly goes back inside. Hawkbit is amazed that they managed to scare it off so easily, but Hazel explains it was just the cold. The Afrafans are approaching rapidly. Kihar warns them. Hazel tells Campion the truth is over, but Campion says he is too tired to fight. Bigwig helpfully points out that he isn't, totally failing to read the burrow. He reminds Hazel that whatever happened in the greenhouse, Campion is the enemy. Before leaving, Hazel reminds Campion that he asked him who would save Afrafa from Woundward and that he didn't answer. Campion says he asks too many questions. Hazel leaves. Immediately, the Afrafan patrol arrives. Vervain is shocked to see Campion alive. Moss is pleased. When Vervain reminds Campion that the hawk got him, Campion replies that he is sorry to disappoint him. Vervain says he saw Hazel in the greenhouse. As Hazel looks on from cover, Campion tells Vervain that it was him, not Hazel. Campion is now a traitor to Ephrafa. Inside the greenhouse, the pink-headed parrot asks the green-headed parrot what he thinks it is like out there for furry long ears. With a laugh, he responds, boring, cold and boring. They laugh together.
Is it canon? Of course not. This is about as far from canon with its greenhouse, parrots and snake as it is possible to get by the definition I am using. However, you knew that was coming, didn't you? The beginning of Campion's Redemption seems to start in earnest in this episode. And the mention of Prince Rainbow, perhaps the most bizarre mythical character in the original novel, is very pleasing. Apparently, he nearly made an appearance in the 1978 film, but didn't make the cut. So this is, I think, his first mention on film. Also, the bizarre setting of the greenhouse emphasises the unnatural nature of humans from a rabbit perspective, which is ironic, bearing in mind that British rabbits are all descended from rabbits brought to this island by humans. I'm also grateful to this episode for having inspired me to utter the phrase sadistic parrots. I can safely say that's a first. Next time, in the last episode of Season 1, a game of bluff and double bluff in the rain. Mm -hmm.